you are about to encounter the teaching ministry of Bishop Andy Juma. Bishop Andy Juma is the pastor of the Precious Souls Church, a denomination under the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, founded by Bishop Dag Hewitt Moore. Bishop Andy Juma oversees the denomination which has churches in Swaziland and Namibia. The Precious Souls Church is full of zealously affected souls who love and desire to work for the Lord. This anointed message will bring hope, encouragement, and healing to your life. Be transformed as you listen to this message. Close your eyes and let's just speak to God in just a few seconds or minutes. Lift up your hands if you can and talk to God. Tell him, Lord, as I come before your word, speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me. Everybody from the back to the front, from the left to the side to the side. There's a few moments we have to come before the word of the Lord and just want to talk to him. Say, Lord, speak to me. Let me not leave here the same. Jesus. We bless your name. We welcome you, O oh sweet spirit. We ask for the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord. Lord, speak to us. Lord, let us not live here the same. Let your word locate us. Send us your word and heal us. In the name of Jesus, I pray, O oh God, that you will release faith in our hearts this morning. Ask God to give you a heart, a heart of faith, a heart of faith, a heart of faith, a heart of faith, a heart to believe that you will not just be a hearer of the word but a doer as well. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, now as we come before your word, we ask you to speak to us. We ask you to open our ears. Cause our eyes to behold wondrous things out of thy Lord today. Let our hearts receive truth. And may we go forth to become transformed by this living word. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen may be seated. God bless you. Right. So we started our feeding 527 program last week. And we're looking at uh, Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica. And if you remember last week, we're quoting from 2 Thessalonica 2.15. So let's just start from there. It's a good place to start from. First Thessalonians 2, 27, right? 527, 527, yeah. So the King James Version says I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read on be read unto all the holy 
brethren. Amen. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read. So I said that we are taking one of the letters written to us by our father. And um, we picked this one. Lord, I know you need somebody. And we are literally eating from the book and being taught from the book. And I think that the film stars dramatized the book for us. Let's appreciate them one more time. Where is Pastor Ogu? He's out. Okay, great. So, how many of you came with your books? We are, thus for the next three to five weeks, we'll be studying the book. This is our textbook for the season. So, everybody should have a book. Stevie, your book looks very new. If I'm in front, I have to expect your book. Yeah, and you can, you, you can actually get a book who is, who, is, who is in charge? Manu, is this, are you still the one in charge? Okay, so you need a book, you can lift your hand. Manu, give you one. Okay. Okay, Dr. Linus, Dr. Mose. Hey. People are taking honorary doctorates, awards. <laughs> Dr. Evangeli, uh, you have Okay, and you're not a doctor yet. You'll be there. Dr. Faye, after church. I receive it. Yes. Why not? One day there'll be more than you can carry doctors in the church. They are coming. Plenty. A whole aeroplane full. Get. Alright, so you get your book, but whilst you get your book, let's do a quick recap. So we looked at our key scripture, which is Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. What does it say? Church members. Always forget the message. <laughs> Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. It says what? And I sought for a man. Among them that will make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Okay, so you see it right here. Okay, so let's go. Ezekiel 22 30. Let's go. And I sought for a man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Again, it's louder. Ezekiel. Yes. And I sought for a man. Uh huh. Good. For the land. Yes. Straw. That I found none. Ezekiel 22 30. Now the. The scripture ends with, but I found none. But I pray that if God is to ask this question today, he will find you. Hallelujah. Now, God does not delight in the death of the wicked. That people die. Why will God create beautiful creatures and destroy them? 
But there is something that God hates and it's called sin. And it doesn't matter where sin is located. If it's located anywhere, God hates it. But God gives us the opportunity to repent. But when man does not repent, then God is forced to bring judgment on them. And one of the ultimate judgment of God is death. For the wages of sin is death. You know, so God said, I'm actually looking for a man who will stand before me for the land so that I don't destroy it. When he says the land, doesn't mean the ground. He's talking about the human beings in the geographical location. You know, he says, I, I, I don't intend to destroy the people, but I need somebody that would, that would stand in their place and intercede for them and pray for them so that I change my mind about them. But I couldn't find anybody. So you see that almighty God is powerful that he needs a man, a weak man, an imperfect man to bring his ultimate agenda to come to pass. Do you realize that this morning God couldn't have come here to preach to us? In fact, if he were to come here to preach to us, nobody can hear him. Even the, the power of his majesty will make us all die. Oh yeah. Nobody can hear him. <laughs> One day, I think it's in the book of Exodus. When Moses was leading God's people out of Egypt into the promised land. He got to the wilderness. And one day God decided to have a meeting with the people. So he spoke to Moses and said, gather the people, but they must sanctify themselves before they come. And he gave them a, a particular mountain and he said, gather the people and let them meet me there. So all the people sanctified themselves and they gathered before the mountain, waiting for a meeting with God. Can you imagine? And as they stood there, Moses was leading them. And suddenly, before God could even appear as a voice, the mountains began to tremble. Mountains began to tremble. And they began to blast. And suddenly there was a strange earthquake. And the people regretted, not that they regretted, but they felt sorry for themselves, for what was happening. And then God spoke. Now, when God spoke and left the meeting, the people called Moses and told Moses, that, look, we beg you, never allow us to come for this type of service again. Look, if you want God to talk to us, you go. Let him talk to you and come and talk to us. <laughs> this thing of God, no, 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 no. Even we couldn't hear what he was saying because we were so terrified. By his presence. So, God is not in the business of preaching directly to us that he needs a man. A man chosen from amongst us to fulfill his will. Even angels can't preach. Angels. I never heard Pastor Angel or Reverend Angel or Bishop Angel you know, angels can preach. 
angels are messengers of God, but they can't preach the message of God. So once upon a time, Cornelius, who was um, an Italian soldier, pleased God in a way, and God visited him by sending an angel to him whilst he prayed. And the angel said, your prayers and your arms or your given have ascended to heaven as a memorial. You know, there are things that when you do here, we don't even say thank you. Thanks for giving your money. Thanks for praying. But in heaven it's recorded. And it's a memorial. When you get to heaven, you say that, wow. So all these things I was doing that the people didn't appreciate me, not knowing that they are really valuable here. And when you want to work for God, stop looking for praise and worship. Oh, thank you. Oh, praises. Let's leave the praise and worship, quote unquote, the praise of ourselves and the worship of ourselves to heaven when we arrive. That's where the real praises. That's where the real thank you is. That's where the real reward is. Now, if you want the reward here, you won't get it there. Jesus said, for they have received their reward already. So let's leave the real reward in heaven. So anyway, so Cornelius is praying and the angel appeared to him. Life. And the angel says, I have a message for you. And the angel said, well, your prayers and your arms have become memorial to God in heaven. But send somebody sent somebody to go to the town Joppa and he gave him even the, the streets he said, the name of the street is called street or something he said that go there there is a man called Peter or Simon praying on the top of a particular building send some men now to go and bring him because Peter has a message for you now, let's try to understand something. You are praying in your house at Ochumise. And anytime you pray, you fall asleep. As usual. But this day, you are praying and an angel appears. Life! And the angel... It's not far. It's standing next to you. I mean, wouldn't you suddenly feel that even before the angel speaks, you would know that it's enough. That an angel has appeared to you in your room. For me to be enough. Then the angel says, I have a message from God. And the message is that your giving and your prayer a memorial before God. You say, wow, thank you. Then he says, I have another message. And the message, suddenly I start to think, wow, what does it tell me? For which cause God would dispatch you all the way from heaven to come to my room. It must be a very important message. Higher than even the one you are telling me that my prayers and my, and my arms are a memorial before God. So I would like to hear it. Tell me, they says, look, I can't tell you. If you want to hear that one, send somebody to Ochivarongo. 
to a certain location there is a man praying there call that guy and let him come and tell you so suddenly ah, so is that guy more important than you you are coming from heaven he is in Ochivarongo. who is closer to god i must pay for his transports and bring him here whilst, whilst you are here if you know it say it after all you can speak say it so the angel leaves and they go to look for peter and peter comes and peter speaks and you know what he came to preach about salvation salvation it's a revelation that even angels who 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 stand before god they can preach they can preach salvation a man like peter an ordinary man in Ochivarongo must come. He is not in heaven. He is here eating kapana. He must stop eating and come and preach. Oh, I see God using you. Oh, yes. So, Lord, I know you need somebody. So, we looked at the story, a beautiful story of the lion and the mouse and how the big lion needed a little mouse to help him to escape. So sometimes you may be little, but I tell you there is something that you can do to help this great God. So the first thing we said, number one, was that, Lord, I know you need somebody who will do what? Who will go in between God and man. Who will go between God and man. It's important that you avail yourself so that you can go between God and man. Because God is always looking for somebody between him and men. Number two was what? Yes. God is looking for somebody who helps the people of God. God's people need help. We heard it in the drama. God's people, some people want to join the, the film stars because they want to eat. But it's nice being a film star. I mean, Charlie, you can get some nice biscuits to chew on Sunday morning. Hmm. Okay, we are all coming. Lord, I know you need somebody um, who will help God's people. Number three, Lord, I know you need somebody who will answer their questions. Oh, yeah, so many questions. So many questions. So many questions. How many of you have questions today? Is that Yapi? Hey! Come, 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 come. Hey, give me a microphone. All the way from where? He's bringing us greetings from USA and also from where? Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Wonderful. Let's, let's, let's guess. Come, 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 come this way. One day you also be bringing greetings from Australia. <laughs> greetings. Uh, greetings. Ah, yeah, why? <laughs> yeah, I bring greetings from the US and Addis. Wow. I missed sounds. <laughs> yes. 
yeah, I miss I miss the sound. I miss all the stress which comes with sound. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to be back, and yeah, I'm blessed. Thank you. Wonderful, Bishop. wonderful, mm. wonderful. Next time you are going, carry us along. We want to join you. Wonderful. So that's Brother Yepi. Beautiful. Okay, so number three, we said what? Who answered their questions? Number four, Lord, I know you need somebody who will deliver the children who are far from safety. Amen. I think that's where we ended. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's where we ended. All right. Now, there are about 19 more points in this chapter. So get the book and I really need you to eat those points and think deeply about them so that you'll be that person playing that role. Hallelujah. Remember when it says, Lord, I know you need somebody. It's actually, Lord, I know you need me. Don't think about somebody. It's, it's you. You are that somebody. You can actually put your name there. Lord, I know you need Somebody put your name there, Hilma. Yes, Lord, I know you need Hilma. Or Paulus. Or Besita. Yes. Chapter 2. Lord, you can depend on me. So that, that my, my, my message this morning or this afternoon is entitled, Lord, you can depend on me. For the next 30 minutes, I'm just going to speak to you on Lord, you can depend on me. And I'm preaching from chapter 2 of our book. Lord, I know you need somebody. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 8. Find Isaiah in your Bible. And if you are in the New Testament, you are lost. Are you there? Okay. Isaiah chapter 6. Verse 8. Everybody, if you are there, say amen. amen. If you are not there, say wait for me. Okay, we'll wait for you. Why not? Bishit, have you found it? Isaiah chapter, page 227. <laughs> okay, let's read. Verse 8, 6, 8 of Isaiah. Also, okay, maybe it's nice to start from... Uh, verse 5. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongue from off the altar and he laid it upon my mouth and said lo this has touched thy lips and thy iniquity is taken away and thy sin purged verse 8 the verse we are looking for also 
I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. And our subject is, Lord, you can depend on me. Now, what was happening here? Listen carefully. This is the prophet Isaiah. This is the calling and the cleansing of Isaiah. Many of you have heard about Isaiah the prophet. Now, there are many kinds of prophets in the Bible. There were prophets who were more like uh, teaching prophets. You know, they wrote teachings and things that govern our lives. And there were prophets who were more into like the supernatural miracles and all that. Now, Isaiah was a teaching prophet. You know, we don't see any supernatural, as it were, what we will call miracles. We don't see any of those things in his life. But we see a lot of prophecies and teachings. And one of the people that are called major prophets in the Bible was Isaiah. But he never did even, he never, we, we never see him heal even a, a mosquito. You see, so if he was around, you wouldn't even call him a prophet, but he was a major prophet. And the Bible, in the Bible, Isaiah is one, one, of the, one of the people referred to as the major prophets. But he was really into teaching. And this is how he began his ministry, if you want to talk about it. The Bible says from verse 1 that in the day King Hosea died, he said, I saw the Lord. Now there was a guy called King, King Hosea. He was like a main person. But Isaiah testifies and says that the day the man died, that was the day he, Isaiah, got a vision about God. There are some people that are key in your life. Until God removes them, you will not have a revelation of who God is. So sometimes there are some people you feel that they are all your life. Without them, you can't do anything. But you see, they need to go away so that you get visions of God. The day King Hosea died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. Now, how did he see the Lord? He saw him sitting on his throne, which means that Isaiah got a vision of the throne room. Where God lives. His bedroom. This is a very serious vision to be given unto a man like Isaiah. You can go back to verse 1. If you know how to do it, just follow along. You know, and then he saw not just God sitting on the throne, but he, he actually saw the trail of God's rope. Like as a king, he comes in 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 a king's array. He has a cloth, he has a, a, a rope, you know. So he saw the king with all this, and then the next thing he saw was he experienced God's presence. He says, the presence filled the whole room. Now, as he was beholding these things, he filled the whole temple. Now, as he was beholding these things, then he told himself, today, dear, I'm dead. As for today, I'm dead. How can 
I see God. Remember that <laughs> the Lord told uh, is it Moses that anyone that sees me shall die. So he said, how can I see God? As for today, I know it's my, tomorrow is my funeral. I'm, I'm a dead man. Now, at this point, he begins to now justify himself and he says, ah, I am a man of unclean lips. You see, when you really encounter God, you will feel the filth of your life. It's true. You feel that, look, this is my plenty mouth, talking, talking, talking. I'm, 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 I'm not good. So he felt that I am a man of unclean lips. He remembered all the ugly words he has said. And then he said, I dwell among men of unclean lips. He said, not only me, but even where I live, the whole area, my brothers, my sisters, my uncles, my neighbors, my school, where I am, everywhere I dwell, I'm almost like, look, where I'm coming from is so filthy. Now, as he was meditating on these things, the Bible says, an angel flew. One of the seraphims. A seraphim is one of the little creatures, like an angelic being. He, he just flew and went to the altar and picked up a hot coal with a tongue. A tongue is a, a device, a metallic device that, that is used to pick things. So he picked it up and then he touched Isaiah's lips. Hot coal. He will say that my tongue will burn. But he touched his, his lips and declared and prophesied unto him that, and he laid it on my mouth and said, and, and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. It's like, look, by this encounter, all your filth that you brought into this meeting is removed. Thank God for the blood of Jesus that is able to purge and take away all our sins. All our sins. It says now, your, your sins are gone. You are not a clean man. Then, verse 8, verse 8, he hears discussions going on. What was the discussion about? He says, and also, I heard the voice of the Lord say, may you hear the voice of God saying some things. You know, discussions that go on in the bedroom, they are the most serious discussions. And Isaiah was privileged to hear some of those discussions. So what was being discussed there? God spoke and he's saying something. He says, whom shall I send? Not which people. Whom is one person? Whom shall I send? He doesn't tell us where he's sending them to, but he wants somebody to send. Ask your neighbor, are you sendable? 
Look, there are some people, they are not sendable. If you are looking for somebody to send, you, they are wrong, but you can't send them. Even the way their faces are. <laughs> you can't send them. So God said, Whom shall I send? And number two, who will go for us? It's like God has an agenda. He wants to fulfill something, but he's looking for one person, somebody to go for them. I'm sure he was speaking to the Son and the Holy Spirit. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Today, God is still asking the same question. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Now, think about it. God, who can just speak? And the waters will separate from the land. God, who can just speak? And there will be light where there was darkness. How come that he's looking for somebody, a human being, to do something for him? Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, because Isaiah was there. He said, he lifted his hand. Here am I. It's one thing to say, here am I. Because some people say, here am I. Send her. Here am I. Send him. Here am I. Send them. Sometimes I'll be in my house, I'll be in my room, and I'll call. I say, Who is there? And then somebody will say, I'm here. And I say, Come. Then they will send the younger one. Go, 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 go. <laughs> say here am I but send him don't send me but Isaiah said here I am send me send me send me he was saying the Lord you can depend on me you can depend on me you can rely on me I'm available send me sometimes God asks the question who can go before us or who can go for us and he's just looking for somebody that he can trust to fulfill his assignment for him now today we have limited our relationship with God to here I am bless me if it's a blessing we are here don't let it pass over me I receive it I claim it I jump and catch. Everybody has become a goalkeeper in the house of God. Thank God for being a spiritual goalkeeper. But there is something deeper in our walk with the Lord than just receiving blessings. Is God 
depending on you. That's serious. Now, for some few minutes, I want to teach you. I just want to take you through a few things that would help you to be someone that God can trust, that God can use, that God can depend. Now, the first thing, maybe that's the only thing time will, will allow us to do. The first one, number two, is that, Lord, you can depend on me because I have a willing heart. You need a willing heart. Somebody say a willing heart. Not just a heart, but a willing heart. A heart that is willing. In Exodus 35, verse 4 to 9, God was, this, this is in the wilderness. God picked the people of Israel from Egypt on their way to the promised land. And, and when they got to the wilderness, for the first time, listen, for the first time, God wanted to build a church. It's called the church in the wilderness. And so he told Moses, I want you to design, or yes, I have, I have designed a tabernacle, and I want you to build according to what I'm teaching you. And so he began to raise an offering for that project. Now, let's read from verse 4. And Moses, Exodus 35, And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart. Please underline that phrase, a willing heart. Whosoever is of a willing heart. Not whosoever has money, but whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it. An offering of the Lord. Then listen to the next. It says gold, silver, and brass, and blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine linen, and goat's hair, and ram, and ram skin dyed red, and badger skin, and certain wood, and oil for the light, and spices for anointing oil, and for the sweet incense and onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate. Now, he gives details of things here that must be taken. The first he mentions is gold and then silver and then bronze and then he goes on and on and on. What he was saying is that amongst my people everybody is blessed at different levels. Everybody has an ability to offer something at different levels. But the truth is that everybody can give something. So he said, when you are receiving the offering for my tabernacle, start asking people for gold. Then after that, ask people for silver. But not everybody can give gold, but some can give gold. Then some can give silver. Then some can give brass. Then he even goes on to the point where he's asking for goat's hair dyed whatever, dyed blue. So in the church, sometimes say, oh, give so much. 
200, 100, 50. That's our gold, silver, and bronze. That you can't give so much doesn't mean that somebody can't give. Somebody can't give. But the truth is that after all is said and done, everybody must be able to offer something. Now, besides our different giving abilities, the bottom line, one commonality, one thing that cuts across whatever you are bringing to the Lord's house, he says that you must give it out of a willing heart. So if you have gold and you can't give it willingly, my sister, take it back. It would be accepted here, but it should not be accepted there. And that is how can people give, but they are not blessed because you are giving, but your giving is not first and foremost from your heart. Even to think about it being a willing heart. Now, if you want God to depend on you, you must have a willing heart for God to use you. A willing heart. A willing heart. Why? Because you are the greatest offering that can ever be given. You are the greatest offering. The offerings we give, the silver and the gold, the money we give, thank God for them. But the greatest of offering is your life. Can you imagine coming to church when it's time for offering? Then you jump into the offering bag and you say, I am the offering. Yeah. You jump into the offering bag and say, I am the offering. Lord, take me. Lord, use me. Lord, I give my everything. But to do this, you must have a willing heart. A willing heart. We are here teaching about Lord, I know you need somebody. It's not just a rhyme. It's not just a cliche. It's not just something we are saying. It's something that is real. That After you've been taught week and week and week again, the fruit of the message is that it must produce people who can say, Lord, I know you need somebody and you can depend on me. But how does it start? It starts with you first and foremost having a willing heart. Lord, I'm willing. Anything you do that is not of a willing heart is very ugly. Yes. Have you been there asking somebody, even when you are buying something from a shop, and you're asking the girl in the shop, I want to buy water. And she's offering you the water that you are paying for unwillingly. You feel like, I wish I could go somewhere else. You've had the water, but the person delivering is almost unwilling to do so. And God is looking for willing hearts. Don't serve God for what you will get. You won't go far. Paycheck. Husband, wife, car, house, money, job. You know, don't, don't, don't serve God for that. Is there, is there, is there, you reduce God to something very small. Serve him because you love him and you want to show appreciation for the things, even for your salvation. And to be able to do that, you must have a willing heart. You know, some people are seated in church today. Maybe 
they came to carry you even from your house. Yes. So you are here, but you are here gradually. Gradually. But even if you have to come to God, come to God willingly. Have a willing heart to be in God's presence. Have a willing heart to serve him. Have a willing heart to follow him. It's the key to God depending on you. Even as human beings, we don't want to work with people who are not willing to work for us. I tell you, I'm much more almighty God. So Isaiah, nobody told Isaiah, lift up your hand. Isaiah, say, here I am, willingly. He said, here I am, send me. Send me. When you are willing, no place will be too far to go. Oh yeah, no place will be too far to go. You remember when you used to chase that girl? No place was too far. You would you go. Even if it's Havana four way, you go. When you are willing, church and God things say they will not be too much for you. Too much. No. Love, you have made your face straight. We know you. Your face tells it all. Village to village. <laughs> what is village to village? Lord, you can depend on me because I am offering myself today. So the next thing is for God to depend on you you must offer yourself, like I said, that you are the greatest offering. Greatest offering. Listen, I'm just about ending, but listen. God is not a man. As for a man, you can play tricks on him. You see, everybody. And let me give you a secret to all sisters. You listen. If you're a sister, if you're a brother, you can close your ears. But sisters, listen. Never underrate or underestimate the influence of a man. Especially a man who knows you. He knows how to get around you. You won't believe it. But take it from me as a free advice. He knows how to get around you. So always be extra careful. He knows how to get you. Yeah. So as for man, he, he knows, look, this girl, if I go and bring, if I buy some, even if I go and take my brother's phone, and I just show off small. Yeah. Or I go and borrow my friend's car. 
and I take it out for movies. Everything will be fine. Oh yeah. He means Baki. Forgive. If I buy her super away. As for God, you can't manipulate him like that. But in our short minds, sometimes we think that we can manipulate God by giving some things and doing some things. Yes, they are all not bad. But friends, the greatest offering that you can ever give is your life. Your entire life. That's why I said that. If we can take your, your life and put the offering back, you are done. Why? Because your life, there is an English word called priceless. There's an English word called invaluable. Something is invaluable. It doesn't mean it doesn't have a value. It means you can't, it's so expensive that you can't add a value. You can't put a value to it. English professor, am I right? Yeah. One day somebody was working in a factory in the UK and the machine cut his thumb. The thumb. So they compensated him with 8,000 pounds. Calculate 8,000 pounds in a million dollars. What's plus by? Is it 23? 23. No, pounds is 23. Not dollars. So 8,000 times 23. How much is that? 184,000. So let's, let's say 180,000. That's one thumb. So if two thumbs go times two. 360. How many of you would like to say to your boss, Lord, boss, cut my thumb so that you give me three? <laughs> Some people will say yes. Okay, if a thumb, two thumbs, what about one finger, another, and then ten fingers? So by the time the machine cuts your ten fingers, look, you can buy a house in Vintuk in a nice place. Okay, if these are your fingers, what about the palm? Just the whole palm. And then we come to the arm. So you realize that, listen, you realize that your life is higher than money. Your real life. Your real life is higher than money. So, if you want God to depend on you, you really need to offer your entire life to him. So, prophet says, Lord, I know you can depend on me because I am offering myself. Myself. Give yourself, your entire self. Give your entire self willingly to the Lord. Willingly to the Lord. 
That's how God can depend on you. You know, if you have somebody working for you in your house and tell me which one you like. Two people. One comes to say, look, I, I, can, I, I can drive, I can wash, I can iron, I can, I can clean, I can babysit. What else can a person do? I can shop for you. I can take care of children's poopoo, grown house poopoo, anything. I don't mind. But I close at 7 p.m. After 7, I need my time. I have to rest. I have to be with my children. I have to, I have, to, I have, to have my me time. Then this other person comes and says, look, I'm not so good at cooking. I'm not so good at cleaning. I'm not so good at driving. I don't iron well. But I'm available. Anytime you need me, you can call on me. Which of the two will you choose? No, no, wait, wait, wait. Let's vote. Which of the two will you choose? Number one or number two? Number one? Number two? Number two? Number two? Number one? Number two? Number two? Number one? Number two? Don't say number three. There's no number three. Okay, let me ask this side. Rejoice. Which one will you choose? No, let's have vote. It's a free election. Number one, number one, number two, number two. Okay. Who, why do you say number one, Ishmael? Because from seven, I don't need you anymore. You clean already, wash everything. Now we are done, you can go home. Tomorrow you can go Good. Who said number two? Asa. Number two. Number two. Kwame, why number two? Because um, you're always available. And um, it's, it's so precious to me because um, if someone is always available, that's, it's, it's, I, I think it's precious. Good. Okay. Let me give you what I... I, I can also vote, right? I have a right to vote. I'll vote number two. Why? 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 I can perfectly understand why a man like Ishmael will choose number one. Because he's a single brother. His life is so limited and restricted. Listen. This service, most of you are young, so, but if, if, if I had asked this in the morning service, I'll get a different response. But I'll teach you something. When you get to your next stage of life, where you get married, 
and a child comes in. Suddenly, the child becomes a project. Especially if your life is not regimented as an eight to five. So, when, for example, when I get home late, I usually I go everywhere, everywhere with my wife, ministry, etc. So sometimes we get home late. Late. Now, when you get home late, you need help. Now, this girl is in the house. She's telling you that, look, now it's past working hours. I can't even get you juice to drink. I can't get you water to drink. I can't, I, I can't warm the food for you. So, find your way. Yes, even though we are operating by law, to me, I'll think of changing you. Because you are of no use to me. And many of you, you deal with God like that. You are very legalistic with God. If God were also to be legalistic with you, you would not be sitting here. Lord, my time is up. Even now, 1.30. Are, I'm going home. If God, if God were also to deal with you according to your sins, the Bible says that who shall stand? If thou were to regard iniquity, who shall stand? If you are to work by ruler, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do that. No. Most people will prefer not perfection, but availability. You know something? When you are available, you will eventually be perfect. The cooking that is bad, just stay around. With time, it's going to get better. All your, all your problems... Just stick around for some time. You will learn and learn and learn and learn and learn. And very soon, you are going to compete with the people who claim they are great. And so, God also looks for people who say, Lord, it's not really about giving you conditions, but my entire life. If you can have me, and let me explain something that may surprise you. This is the reason why there are some people that God uses that you rule out. You say, ah, they are fake. They are not fake. You are fake. <laughs> you are the so-called perfect one. You are fake because God can't depend on you. Because with your perfection, you are keeping to your life. With your so-called perfection, you are keeping to your life. But there are some people, they are work in progress. One day I went to visit a friend way back in the university and he had a sticker by his door and the sticker read, Christian under construction. 
Christian under construction. It's like, look, I may have, I'm not there yet, but I am still being constructed. God is still working on me, but I'm getting there, and I will get there. Getting there. Somebody say, I'm a Christian under construction. I may not be perfect yet, but Lord, you can use me. Any, any, anywhere you want me to go, I can go. Anywhere. One day I asked some people, I said, let's come and do some work in the church. Or we are coming to pray or something. Or something, something, something. Hey, some people, somebody got up and to give excuses. Oh, the place is far. People are staying. I said, look, maybe your God is different from my God. But the God I know and the God I serve, there is nothing too far for him to do for him. Nothing. Nothing. I used to stay in a place like Ochimise. My wife used to stay in a place like where? Maybe beyond town. I don't know where Omea is, but slightly beyond that. Look. Asa. I used to walk. <laughs> Walking. So I used to have two handkerchiefs. One, one for my feet, because I get there, I'll be sweating. And one for my shoes, so that she won't see that I've been working for a long time. It was not a problem. It was, I didn't even see the distance. It's all of us like just here and here. Young man, why can't you walk? You can't walk to church. You can't walk to do outreach. You can't walk for a prayer meeting. You are just not serious. 25 years, you can't walk. We should walk for the Lord. Maybe, maybe there are things we do for the world. That's okay. But when it comes to God, it's like, no. No. But from today, I say, Lord, you can depend on me. There's no place too far. If you are looking for anybody to send, says, whom shall we send? And who shall go for us? Then said I, here I am. Send me. May that be your prayer. And may that be your language. That Lord, if you are looking for people, if you are looking for anybody to send, anybody to go for you, Lord, here I am. Send. Imagine, tomorrow you, you, you get a call. When you pick the phone, it says, it's from the president's office. And the president is looking for somebody to go for him. You say, where? 
if I, you, do, do you even ask where? You say, really? <laughs> I am there. <laughs> Before you, you even start asking where. Why? Because we understand that it's a great honor. Among all the two point something million people, he, he chose you. I said, will you go for me? Will you go for us? Nobody will say no. I won't go. Because, oh yes. Oh, even me, I've been praying about it. Yeah, it looks like God has now heard my prayer. But somebody higher than the president is calling you. It's asking of you. Will you go for us? Will you go for us? Will you go to the highways and the byways for us? Will you go to the schools for us? Will you go to the villages for us? Will you go to the locations for us? Will you go and speak to friends for us? And as I said, Lord, here I am, but I'm very busy. But our language should change. Say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Rise to your feet. Let's close. Here I am. Send me. Close your eyes. Sometimes it's when God is looking for somebody to use. He has so many children, but he cannot find. What a sad experience you may be having. But you want to say to the Lord, Lord, if you need anybody to do anything, you can depend on me. Speak to him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If, Lord, you need anybody to use, here I am. If you need any church to use, here we are. If you need anyone to send, here I am. Use me. For we have a willing heart, Lord. I have a willing heart. And I offer myself. Myself. Tell him, Lord, I offer myself. Take my life. Yes. Take my life. Take my life. Take my life. Thank you. Take my life. Take my life. Take my life. Use me. Lord, I may not be perfect, but I know you can transform me. You can touch my lips with that coat of fire. My sins, my iniquities shall be purged. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. You want to avail yourself to the Lord. You feel God is touching your life. God is placing a demand on your life. You want to release your life to the Lord. Absolutely. You want to say, Lord, you know, just have a willing heart and I just want to give myself to you. 
I want you to come to the front. I would like to pray with you before we close the service. It's not for everybody, but there are some people in this meeting who feel this conviction this morning. For that God wants to want to say, Lord, I'm available. You want to consecrate your life to the Lord. You want to give yourself to Him to use. It's not about me and my friends, me and my siblings, me and everybody. It's just you. Lord, I know it's about me. surrendered to you absolutely for your use I pray that you shall sanctify them and prepare for your use in this last battle thank you that Lord you are calling the young and you are equipping them and you are sending them Lord I ask you to recruit these ones too and use them. Let them, oh God, fulfill your mandate for their lives. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bless. 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 Let them fulfill your will, Lord. Let them fulfill your will in their lifetime. From this day forward, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please go back to your seats.
with our eyes closed and our heads bowed I want to pray with you here this afternoon before we close the service we want to say pastor please pray for me I want to give my life to Jesus I don't want to die and go to hell I believe Jesus died for my sins and today I want to receive him as my Lord and my personal Savior with our heads bowed and our eyes closed I want you to just lift up your right hand and I'll pray for you please pray for me God bless you I can see your hand God bless you. Pastor, please pray for me. I want to be born again. I want my sins forgiven. Please pray for me. God bless you. Pastor, please pray for me. I need Jesus in my life. I don't want to die and go to hell. I want my sins to be forgiven. Please pray for me with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. That should up be right and I'll pray for you. Father, I want to thank you for all these lives that have all these hands that are raised to you. I pray in the name of Jesus that as they receive Christ into their lives, you will make them brand new people. If you have your hands lifted up, I'm going to ask you to walk to me in the front. I want to pray personally f- f- for you. If you have your hands lifted up, please come to the front. I want to pray personally for you. you raise your hands. Don't feel shy. Just come. Come. I saw your hands. God bless you. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus. It's the beginning of a new walk all together with the Lord. God bless you. Keep clapping for them as you can. You want to join them? You can join us. You can join us. You can join us. You want to join them. Pastor, please pray for me. I want a new beginning. I want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Please pray with me. Right. If you are in front, I want you to make this confessions after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Church, let's support them as you pray. Lord Jesus, today I come to you just as I am, please forgive me for all my sins. From today, I declare that you are my Lord and my Savior. Heavenly Father, I ask you to write my name in the book of life. From today, I shall serve you. Thank you, Father, for receiving me. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit Bishop Andy Juma podcast channel for more messages and the Precious Souls Church social media pages for more information on upcoming events and so much more. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages weekly. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind.